Our reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 3 and starting at verse 14. A prayer for the Ephesians. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now you may know that Mary and I have been uh, away, so I've been listening to the uh, podcasts for the last couple of uh, services. And uh, there was also an introduction to the whole of Ephesians that Colin found, uh, and the link for that is on the website. Uh, and I would encourage you to go and have a look at that. It's a, it's a great overview of the book. Uh, and two weeks ago, Debbie uh, started a series of Ephesians by saying that she loves the, the big picture. She likes getting up on top of a tower when she goes to Florence or something and seeing the city laid out before her. And then she can kind of get things uh, right in her mind. I'd have to say that she also has a great sense of a presence, occasion, emotion, This passage is all about emotion. And at this point, I have to confess, I am a man. (laughs) I do logic, I do science, and occasionally I do emotion. This is one of my favourite passages. Uh, And as you will have gathered by now, Ephesians is sort of written in, in two halves, the first three chapters and then the remainder of the book. And this prayer from Paul concludes that first section. We've seen about the plan of God for his people, his love for them, and vitally his love for both the Jews and the Gentiles alike. And then at the beginning of of chapter 3 he says, for this reason, and then immediately, typical man, digresses completely uh, and talks about how he uh, met Christ for himself. And then we reach our passage where he says, again, for this reason I need to pray. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the joy, the hope, the uh, just the fantastic words of this passage. And we pray that this morning we may meet with you. That we may realise again the love that you have for each one of us. That we may leave here different people because 
we have met with you. For your sake and ours we pray. Amen. Now, as you know, this is a very well-known passage. Bishop Mool, if you haven't heard of Bishop Mool, he was the uh, Bishop of Durham from 1901 to 1920. He said this of, of this passage, Who has not read and reread the closing verses of the third chapter of Ephesians with the feeling of one permitted to look through the parted curtains into the holiest place of the Christian life? I like that. That's fantastic. There are times when our soul is touched by the things that we see, the people that we've met, the things that we hear, and our soul, our very being, just comes alive because we feel that we've met God. Now, as I said, Marion and I have uh, been away. We've actually been in the US for a week. We went to visit our son in Boston, and then we went up from Massachusetts through New Hampshire into Maine, round Vermont, uh, and all the way back to Boston in an RV, which is a different story altogether. The leaves, which is why you go at this time of year for the fall, are just unbelievable. They are pink, they are red, they are brown, they are yellow, and they are still green. And this complex picture before us, the big picture, is utterly overwhelming. It is awe-inspiring in the true sense of the word. And every tree had its place. Every leaf had its place. Because without it, the overall picture would not be the same. And Paul here addresses every single member of the family of God. He is father to us all. So, just a few things to to pull out of this amazing passage. Verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Power comes through the spirit of God. And to receive that power we need to be connected. I could almost read that backwards because it, it, um, it goes on, your spirit and your being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Now, in order for Christ to dwell in our hearts, we need the spirit within us. And that spirit, that brings power. To dwell, we need power. To get power, we need the spirit. I think Paul wants us to have God to know that God is dwelling within each one of us. And to order for God to dwell, we need to be connected. We are having all sorts of problems in our house at the moment. We thought we'd, we'd push the boat out and we'd come into the 21st century uh, and we have linked uh, uh, some speakers in our house and our TV system to the internet. It's absolutely wonderful when it works. I can't tell you how bored we have become by switching on our TV and you get this little round circle going round. And underneath it then pops up, you are not connected. We may try and put it right. 
But the point is here, every one of those trees in Vermont needs to be connected. It needs to have its roots down into the soil in order to get the goodness out, in order for that amazing display to take place. And I wonder where we place our roots. Where do I place my roots? Where have I planted my understanding? Where am I drawing my goodness and my life? How do I spend my time? When I need help, where do I turn? Where are my roots? Where am I connected? And then we move on in this passage to another brilliant phrase. Verse 18, I know this one. To know the width and the length, the depth and the height of God's love. Paul struggles through this prayer because he can't express himself in the way that he wants to. And in one sense, this is just a huge phrase. Do you not know how big God's love is? How wide and how deep and how long and how high? That's one way of reading this. But do you not know that God's love is wide enough that it covers every single person here, just like nut, John, what was it, big nutmeg or little nutmeg or whatever it was? I can't remember. That wasn't one of ours. I'm too old for that one. But God's love is wide enough for every single person here to be covered. And when you leave here, every single person in Wanish even in Guildford and Woking and London and Birmingham and Scunthorpe and Boston, all are covered in the love of God. And his love is so long that no matter how old you are, how young you are, how long you've been a Christian, all through eternity his love is long enough to keep going with you. That's how wide and how long But how can it touch me? It can touch me because his love is deep enough to come right down as low as I am, as deep as I am, as impoverished as I am. His love can reach down even to me to lift me up high enough to reach the throne of God and be presented before God as a forgiven person. That's how wide and how long and how deep and how high is the love of God. And when we begin to understand that, when we have our roots in God, we have our minds, our understanding in God, our whole life is changed. Just as those trees whose roots are in the soil change and become this beautiful, amazing colour. So our lives take on the colour of God. And as our lives take on the colour of God, we change. Our compassion changes. It comes out of love. We are the expression of God's love. While we were in Boston, we went on a a harbour tour 
which was actually, it was led by this extraordinarily funny Irishman um, who'd obviously lived in Boston a long time. Uh, and he said, quite near the beginning, you are in the state of Massachusetts. So I want to tell you what that means. Uh, it means that you are living under the sacred hill. Uh, and as you look back towards Boston from the harbour, you can see it's fairly level, but there is this one hill in the distance, the sacred hill. Uh, and then he went on to say that downtown Boston, where all these massive skyscrapers are and the, the sort of financial city, 80% of it is reclaimed land. It's a vast area, vast area. All of it on unclaimed land. They used to push out these harbour walls, then they'd seal off the end, and then they'd push in a load of soil. Where did that soil come from? Boston, a long time ago, if you'd have been there hundreds of years ago, you'd have seen one hill after another. And the native Indians who lived there called it Massachusetts in those days because of the sacred hills. They protected them, they gave them shelter, and they gave them crops and hunting ground. And the settlers, us, came in and we sort of swept the hills into the sea. And actually, Marion and I found that incredibly sad. That we had gone and taken what these people were rooted in and swept it aside. It was precious to them. And God's love is precious to us. But there is a big difference. Because his love is wide enough, long enough, deep enough, high enough that it will never run out. It is limitless love. But he does call us to use that love to change, to be the expression of his love, to be the colour in this world that he wants. And as a church... If you see, this passage is written for the church because it finishes uh, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. This is for the church. We are the church. And we need to have that expression of love for other people. We had, you may remember, um, a young man speak to us uh, a few months ago called Tom Christmas. His day is coming, is it not? Already, after half term, Christmas is coming. And Tom Christmas came and he spoke to us. He spoke to us with huge passion and inspiration about the charity that he'd set up called Just Love. Because he wanted the love of Christ to be known on the, the campuses of our universities around the country, that those students may go out and spread that love in practical ways to the cities in which uh, they, were, they were studying. And he did indeed inspire a lot of us. He came with 26 gift forms and he gave every single one of them away at the door and he ran out and he apologised for that. Now the crunch. Do you know how many of those gift forms he got back? You do know, don't you? 
We need to be inspired by the love of God. A love that has reached so far down that it's found even me. Even you. That love that's lifted us up so that we might see how wide and long is his love that in due term we may be lifted to the throne of grace. That we might dwell with him. People are searching for God in our world. At least they're searching for some sort of spiritual experience but they don't really always know where to look because they want something which touches their soul. They want something for themselves. And that's a very inward-looking sort of basis. And contentment comes when we find something, and to use a Scottish phrase, out with ourselves. Something that we can turn our eyes to, that is constant. I was out running um, a couple of mornings ago, and that... Either the good or the bad news of an iPod shuffle, because I I don't always run with music, but I did this time, is that you can't choose what you're going to listen to. And anyway, it was shuffling. uh, And I heard this song. I'm not going to read it in the order that the verses come up. um, But it struck me partway through. Because it says, I've been up, I've been down. I've been lonesome in this godless town. You're my religion, you're my church. You're the holy grail at the end of my search. Have I been down on my knees for long enough? I've been searching the planet to find sacred love. The spirit moves on the water. She takes the shape of this heavenly daughter. She's rising up like a river in flood. The world got made into flesh and blood. The sky grew dark and the earth she shook. Just like a prophecy in the holy book. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not doubt that this love is real. So I got down on my knees and I prayed to the skies. When I looked up, could I trust my eyes? All the saints and the angels and the stars up above, they all bowed down to the flower of creation. I've been thinking about religion. I've been thinking about the things we believe. I've been thinking about the Bible. I've been thinking about Adam and Eve. I've been thinking about the garden, the tree of knowledge, the tree of life, about forbidden fruit, about a man and his wife. I've been thinking about sacred love. I thought, wow, that's interesting. So I then looked back at the beginning, the bit that I'd missed. What's he talking about? Shut out the world behind us. Put on your long black dress. No one's ever going to find us here. Just leave your hair in a mess. I've been searching long enough. I begged the moon and the stars for sacred love. He's talking about his wife. That's Gary Sumner, if you didn't know. If you don't know who Gary Sumner is, it's Sting. It's a good song. I like the words. And he's searching and he's searching. I've been very fortunate. I've seen... All of the houses, actually not quite true. I didn't see his flat in America. I've seen all of his other houses. And and he has amazing taste. They're beautiful. And in every single one of them, there is a yoga room. Because he's searching. He is searching for something to fill his soul. Interestingly, that song was soon followed up by another one. This one's Matt Redman. Your blood speaks a better word. 
than all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth speaks righteousness for me and stands in my defence. Jesus, it's your blood. What can wash away our sins? What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash us pure as snow? Welcomed as the friends of God. Nothing but your blood. Nothing but your blood, King Jesus. Your cross testifies in grace. Tells of the Father's heart to make a way for us. Now boldly we approach. Not by earthly confidence. It's only your blood. So this morning, will you, with me, with Paul, humble yourself, perhaps even kneel, perhaps even cry, firmly resolved to thank God for his love, appreciate that picture before us, the big picture, the colour of those leaves, I don't know how many of you have been and can picture that in your mind. The beauty, the awesome beauty of God. Each leaf, vital. Each one of us, vital. An expression of the love of God in our world. And how is that going to change us this coming week? Let's be rooted in God. Let's be changed by knowing his love and let us be an expression of that love to other people. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for Gary. And when I say the word Gary, or the name Gary, you may just want to insert your own name. Because I'm going to read the words of Paul. And this is a prayer for Gary. Because for this reason, I kneel before the Father. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. From whom his whole family in heaven on earth derives its name I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you Gary with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in Gary's heart through faith and I pray that Gary being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you, Gary, may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine according to your holy power that is at work within every one of us To you, Lord Jesus, be glory in the church throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.